Welcome to Moa Don't You Agree. Uh, glad to see you guys all back after another Easter break here. Um, very thankful we're celebrating the Lord's resurrection. And we are back to 1 Samuel chapter 12. We're actually right at the end of that chapter at verse 23, where, uh, remember, Samuel was talking to the people about the king and quite harshly, but now he's comforting the people. Notice the gospel part of his sermon almost in verses 22 and 23. Remember verse 22 is actually a very important verse. We kind of went through it kind of quickly last time. But notice how, what he says. I'll just translate. Um, for uh, Yahweh will not forsake his people. Notice he calls them Amo, his people. Samuel reminds them of uh, the relationship that uh, Yahweh actually initiated and started and made with Israel. So he calls him Amo, his people, uh, on account of his great name. For Yahweh was willing uh, to take you, notice, to make you for himself as a people. So notice he recalls the fact of Israel's election right there as the assurance that Yahweh is not going to forsake. Um, and now notice he kind of switches to himself in verse 23. We'll stop there. I want you to, in this is very good practice with how um, the uh, different uh, particles work and uh, prepositions, notice. Also, okay, so notice gam is a particle that usually means addition, also and even, so here it fits really well here. Also, as for me, anoki, uh, chalila is kind of a negative interjection, usually translate far be it. Okay, and notice it commonly occurs with the preposition lamed. In English, we would translate, far be it from me. I don't know, maybe like this, uh, may it not be to me or something like that. But uh, again, as for me, far be it from me, mechato. Notice that this is uh, from the verb chata, to sin. It is a call infinitive construct plus the preposition min. Notice we normally translate min as from, but notice how you translate it here. Far be it from me, to sin, Adonai, against Yahweh. So notice you have a lamed there. Far be it from me, to sin, against La, against Yahweh, mechadol, by stopping. Notice that that again is a call infinitive construct with the preposition min in front of it. So just notice how uh, our English understanding of what the author is trying to convey um, shows us how to translate these particles. Um, you learn min is from, lamed is to, and uh, yet you can't translate them that way in this context. Okay? So far be it from me to sin against God by stopping to pray. Lehitpalel. Again, another infinitive. By stopping to pray, ba'ad kem, on your behalf. Okay? So notice that Samuel here is assuring the people that he's not going to stop interceding. Remember, the uh, prophet is a crisis interventionist specialist. Um, it, he not only brings God's word to the people, but he also brings the people's prayers and requests to God. So Samuel's not going to stop that. All right. So he says that first, but now he does the other half of what I just said. Ve'horeti et kem b'derek ha'tova ve'ha'yesh shara. 
And I will teach. Can anyone see what the root of that horati is? And I will teach. See, it's from yara. It is a hifiel. Notice those first yud verbs have that ho ending uh, or a prefix. And I will teach. So it's from yara, a hifiel, a perfect first common singular. And I will teach you or instruct you, Baderek, in the way, the Tovah, the good and the upright way. Alright? So he's going to also bring them God's word and, and lead them that way. Um, any questions on verse 23? <clears throat> Alright, verse 24. Okay. Ak, but Yeru. Now look at that word. See the root? What's the root? Good. Yare. To be afraid. To be afraid. This is a call imperative. Um, common plural. Okay. Notice that the pointing is weird. And you actually have a little uh, circle out there. Gives the Masoretic note. Um, three times you have this extra ya. Aala is what it says there. Uh, there's a couple forms for the imperative if you look it up in the lexicon. Uh, but here's one of them. Okay. But fear Yahweh. Okay, so you have the imperative. Va'avad tem. Notice imperative followed by a vav plus perfect. Okay? You would also translate this as an imperative. Fear Yahweh and serve Him. Um, we see that again. Moses does that a lot. Uh, imperative followed by a vav plus second masculine, either singular or plural. And that's what you have here, too. Alright? Um, in truth, usually I would probably give this a more explicit adverbial translation. Um, and serve him faithfully. See? Bekol kim with all your heart. Ki reu et asher higdil imakem. Okay? For reu, here's another imperative, this time from the root ra'a, to see, call imperative. For look, kind of almost like hine, for look, now notice here's the object, and it's kind of awkward here, literally it's, see that hig, hig deal? That's from the root gadal, it's a hipfeel, perfect, third masculine singular, to make great, or to do great things, see, so you almost have to translate like this, for look at how he has done great things with you. See, uh, foresee, um, yeah, how he has dealt grandly with you. Maybe it's a little more uh, eloquent way to express what uh, Samuel is trying to say. Um, all right, so notice he follows his assurances with another exhortation to obedience here. Fear Yahweh uh, and serve him tr- faithfully with all your heart. Um, and now he reminds him, look at what Yahweh has done for you. See, so it's in response to that that uh, he suggests uh, obedience. Okay? Uh, verse 25, harea tareu gam atem gam malkakem tisafu. But if... Okay, now notice this next construction. You guys all know this. See the infinitive absolute? Hifil infinitive absolute from the, this double uh, root... Uh, the geminate root ra'a, resh ein ein. So you have to do evil. And now notice, tareu is of course a second masculine plural from
from the same root, um, hifil, to do evil. So, and if you do evil, and now harea, if you continue to do evil, here the, uh, I think the infinitive absolute stresses the continuance. If you keep doing evil, see, gam atem gam malkakem, both you and your king, gam gam in English is both and, both you and your king, kisafu. That is a nifal, imperfect, from, anyone get the root? From safa, to be swept away. Okay? Uh, both you and your king will be swept away. Alright? Uh, any questions about verse 25 or 24? Alright? Alright, good. Chapter 13, and right away we come to a big textual problem here. Uh, and you'll see it right away. Ben, Ben, Shana Shaul, Ben Malko. Right there. Well, I'll go a little farther. U Shetei Shanim. Right there, too. Malak al Yisrael. Okay. Notice how you, you know it's kind of simple. The son of a year was Saul, Ben Malko, uh, when he became king. This is an infinitive construct. Call infinitive construct from Malak to reign with the preposition at the beginning and the third masculine singular suffix at the end. So notice that what you have missing there is how old he was. You would expect, you know, he was this 21 years old or something like that um, when he began to reign. And uh, if you look at the uh, apparatus, um, you will see that uh, a lot of the manuscripts of the Septuagint leave verse 1 totally out. All right? And uh, so that's why you won't find it in some translations. I think some translations follow the Septuagint here. Um, some other also look, notice if you look at little letter B there, some manuscripts look like they have uh, ages, certain ages. See, 30 and 21, you see that? So in the Masoretic text, it's the son of a year was Saul when he became king, which doesn't make any sense. See, Saul was one year old when he became king, see? Doesn't okay. And the other difficulty, notice with this Shate Shanin, two years. Uh, they're not sure how that fits syntactically in the sentence as well. And again, uh, the Syriac actually leaves it out. Um, but you could translate it like this: And for two years he reigned over Israel. All right. Um, so that verse is a difficult verse. Uh, we go to verse two. Va'yivchar lo Shaul shaloshet alafim me Yisrael va'yihyu im Shaul alpaim b'mikmas u v'har beit el ve'elaf hayu im Yochanan ve'givat bin Yamin ve'yeter ha'am shilach ish le'ohalav. All right, looks complicated, but it's not. And Saul chose for himself. Notice the word order when you have a short preposition. This is the standard word order that we see. Verb, preposition, subject. And Saul chose for himself, Shaloshet Alafim, 3,000 Israel from Israel. Alright. And they were with Saul. Now here's the subject. Alpine. Notice the form. See that it's a dual form, Alpine. So you would translate that as 2,000. And 2,000 were with Saul, Ben Mikmas, in Mikmas. 
okay, which is some city or something. Mikmas. Ubehar, Beit El, and in the hill country of Bethel. Okay, so 2,000 were with Saul in Mikmas and in the hill country of Bethel. Okay, the Eleph and a thousand Hayu. Notice that you here you have uh, the plural anyway with Eleph and a thousand were with Jonathan. Givat Bibinyamin in Gibeah of Benjamin. Okay, there's more than one Gibeah in other words, so it's kind of identifying it. Okay. The yeter simply means the remainder. That's a noun, remainder. And the remainder of the people, shalach ish, he sent each one to his tent. All right. That's why verse 1, uh, notice, he, you know, if you say that he starts with, with, with verse 2, notice, that uh, we're right at, uh, you know, as the narrative goes, remember Saul was anointed as king and and Samuel had this speech. Saul chose 3,000 to serve him, so 2,000 he kept, um, 1,000 Jonathan had, and the rest of the people went back home and did their thing. So in other words, he got a kind of standing army, I suppose. So would, these, would, would this be an army, or would they be servants? Or probably a number, or? probably, yeah, I think, uh, I think a lot would be army, and then servants and other people. And notice it's already starting, you know, the politics of being a king because they're going to have to be supported and how's that going to work? Uh, this, the narrative doesn't really say. It's kind of interesting here. Because now, now you have another gap as we get to verse 3 because all of a sudden, Vayak Yochanan, um, Jonathan Vayak. Everybody see that? What's the root? Whenever you see the shortest, it's almost like the shortest root in the Bible. The Jesus, that's common. I shouldn't say that. What is it? Naka. See? Right. The, it's a hippiel from Naka. The hay drops off because it's uh, shortened in the Vav consecutive, and the nun drops out. The yud is not part of the root, so the only root letter is cut, the cough, see? So, vayak. And Jonathan struck at Netziv Pelishtim, struck the prefect or the officer, Netziv, the leader of the Philistines, who, Asher, were in Geba, who were in Giba, okay, another city. Vayishmeu Pelishtim, and the Philistines heard. And also the Atnaki pause there. Now just notice this that in the next few verses he switches from a Vav consecutive style to a subject verb style. And whether it's just a stylistic feature, you know, we kind of have seen kind of a more colloquial style in Samuel, whether it's that. I don't know if there's any rhetorical purpose or not. Um, but notice he first mentions that the Philistines heard. Now you have this long explanation about how the rest of Israel heard about it. All right, so see what see what see how the this is kind of uh, played out. Shaul taka bashofar lemor. Okay, so you have and the Philistines heard, and Saul blew on the shofar throughout all the land. Lemor, thereby saying, in other words, the, uh, the trumpet was uh, a signal to Israel that uh, something was going on. Thereby saying, Yishma'u ha-ivrim, let, let the Hebrews hear, or may the Hebrews listen. Okay? Now notice verse 4 also starts with the subject. The kol Yisrael, and all Israel heard. So notice, first you have 
the Philistines hurt. Now you have this kind of longer explanation of how Israel hurt, see? And all Israel heard, and they have to supply uh, the messengers or something like that, saying, Hikashaul, Saul struck, Hikah, again from Nakah, Saul struck at Netziv Pelishtim, the prefect of the Philistines. Vagam Nivash Israel. And also Israel has become odious. That Nivash is a nifal from Baash. And it means to uh, become odious, to become. Uh, Baash means to stink, to become stinking. I don't know if you have that word. To become a bad smell in someone's nose. That's. Offensive? Yeah, offense? right. It really means to become odious in English. I'm trying to think of how, how, you, how I can say it to you in English that would be good. To become stinking. Mm-hmm. Like in rotting, when something rots, it stinks and it becomes very odious is what we would say. That's what that word means. Okay. So Israel has become odious to the Philistines. This, this uh, ba'ash is often used with the preposition bait. Has become odious to the Philistines. Okay. Um, and the people cried out after Saul at Gilgal. Okay. Um, cried out together, I guess. That's a nifal there. So it must be uh, they cried out, kind of uh, assembled with each other. It's kind of a reciprocal. Maybe it's even called out to each other after Saul at Gilgal. Okay? Uh, notice again as the style that we've seen throughout Samuel. He doesn't put a lot of prepositions before these place names. We just have to supply in English at Gilgal. Just uses the accusative. Okay, any questions about verse 4? Alright. Uh, still now notice uh, subject verb. U pelishtim ne'esfu and the Philistines gathered. Here's the nifal perfect from Sa'af. I'm sorry, from Asaf. Okay? And so the Philistines gathered, intransitive, gathered, Lehilachim, in order to fight in Israel, with Israel. Okay, notice that Hilachim is a nifal infinitive construct. Uh, that, that's common for this root. Fight with Israel. Okay? Um, Shaloshim, 30 LF, 30,000 Rekev chariots. The Sheshet Alafim and 6,000 Parashim and 6,000 horsemen. That's a big force. The, uh, now you kind of know why we got the numbers at the beginning of the chapter, see? Saul had 2,000 with him and Jonathan had 1,000. Here comes the Philistines, 30,000. Big time. Okay? And people, Asher al and people as the sand which is on the lip or the shore of the sea, La Rove. In multitude, La Rove. Okay, Vayalu, and they went up. See, that's from Allah, and they went up. Vayahanu from Hana, and they encamped uh, in Mikmas, Kidmat Beit Aven. Um, notice that that Kidma is in construct, and it means east of Beth Aven. All right, so you can kind of picture where the uh, Philistines were gathering. All right, uh, questions through verse 5.
So this episode is kind of interesting because what you have is you have uh, Jonathan seemed to be the one to take the initiative yep. in causing this whole thing yep. in somewhat of an unplanned, I guess, kind of manner. Yep. Saul took the credit. Yep. The right. people got scared right. because of this reaction. So I mean, what? Yeah. It's kind of interesting because uh, Saul was at Gilgal and stayed at Gilgal, as you will see. I mean, I mean there's some gaps in the narrative. What happened between the picking of the uh, army and Jonathan? You just had this event. Jonathan struck. You know, we have no idea about the circumstances of how this guy died. He struck him, and the Philistines heard about it. And then, now, uh, see, that's why I'm wondering, you know, there's this switch here. Why isn't this a Bob consecutive? Is it? Is there some rhetorical thing? Kind of is the author wants to emphasize this scene, but it goes on for three or you know a number of verses, which uh, I don't know. You know, we had, we should just keep reading in Samuel with looking at this in mind, looking at this feature to see when there's a switch, to see if it's just a colloquial kind of less standard style or not. Because it would seem to me that that verse three, that Veshaul Takaz Saul blue, that um, that. Does the author want to say that that happened after the Philistines heard, or kind of at the same Sometimes, time? Yeah. yeah. See, yeah. The, the Philistines heard, and at the same time, you know, relatively, uh, Saul heard about it too, and he blew on the horn, and all Israel heard. See, um, so that they were all kind of here, they all kind of heard at the same time. But uh, I'm not quite sure, actually. Okay, I think you could interpret it either way. Um, all right, verse six then. The Ish Yisrael, Ra'u. Notice again, subject verb, and here's collective. And the men of Israel, Ra'u, collective. Notice the Ish, construed with a plural verb. Um, again, like I said before, it's characteristic of later Hebrew in general, but you have a lot of exceptions. And uh, again, uh, maybe it's more indicative of a colloquial kind of style. And the men of Israel saw, this is funny, saw Kitzar Lo. That, Kitzar means trouble. Alright, or, yeah. Saw that trouble was to him, namely the people. So, in English you would say, the men of Israel saw that they were in trouble. So the Hebrew, biblical Hebrew for um, he's in trouble is Kitzar Lo. <laughs> okay? That they were in trouble. Ki nigash, nigas. Ha'am. Um, nagas, this is a nifal means to um, be oppressed. Okay, the people saw that they, that they were in trouble, that the people, for the people were nagas, for they were uh, oppressed. Alright, so evidently um, they felt the Philistine threat very terribly. Okay, now here's what happens. Vayit chavu ha'am. And so the people hid themselves. Notice that this is a hit pile from Chavah. This is the same word that Adam and Eve did after they sinned. So the people hid Ba'me'arot in caves and in Chavachim and in the thorns okay, and in Selaim and in the rocks Uba'zerichim and in the... This word is only used here so don't put it on a vocab card. And in the tunnels or um, something like that, and in Borot, and in the cisterns. So you get this idea of the Philistine threat that people felt, uh, you know, even oppressed before anything started even, and scattered. And notice where they were hiding in all the nooks and crannies, we'd say. Okay? The Ivrim and Hebrews, Avru, crossed 
Hayardain crossed the Jordan, Eretz Gad to the land of Gad and Gilad and Gilead. Okay. Veshaul Odenu, but Saul, as for Saul, Odenu, still he was Ba Gilgal. Still he was in Gilgal. Alright, so you got the people kind of going crazy here. Saul kind of stayed in Gilgal. Okay. Vekol Ha'am, and all the people, now, Sichardu, that usually means to tremble. So it could mean, and all the people kind of came trembling after him or hurried after him, Taylor Baumgartner suggests, something like that. All right? Uh, verse, any questions on 7, first of all? So we kind of see what's going on. It's kind of a striking picture that he paints for us. Va uh, Yochel. Look at that word. Va Yochel. See it? All right. This is kind of good practice for us. What is the root, first of all? Can anyone see what the root would be? Is it just Yachal? Good. It's Yachal. It's from Yachal. Uh, notice that uh, if you just look at the consonants, you have Yud, Yud, Chet, Lamed. The consonants would have you read this as a PL. The word means to wait in the PL. So if you read the consonants, it would be Vayeh, Yachel. Vayeh, Yachel. But notice the Masoretes don't want you to read a PL. They want you to read a Hifthiel. So in other words, that second Yud would be a Vav. Okay? So they want you to read Va-Yo-Chel. That's why you have that holem there. So here's a good example of a Karikativ reading. And he waited for Shivak Yamin for seven days. La Moed, for the appointed time which Shemuel. It's literally for the appointed time which Samuel. See, notice that again, in the Masoretic text, it's very awkward. And some suggest um, that you add something like, for the appointed time when Samuel said, or something like that. All right? And I think you'll see that uh, in... Um, yeah, if you look at... Uh, Little letter B, you have Amar there that some manuscripts have. Or Seem, Amar or Seem they add, which Samuel established. See, they want a verb there. We don't have it. Okay? Velo Vashemo, but Samuel did not come Hagilgal, to Gilgal. Vayapets, and the people, here's, what's the root of Vayapets? You see it? Very good. Poots. It's a call, imperfect Vav consecutive from Poots. Ha'am Yaputz, and the people scattered May Allah from him. <clears throat> okay, so they came to him, but when Samuel didn't come, they were just waiting around seven days, and so they started to scatter. Okay, we can't wait here, we don't have any direction. Alright? Um, we'll do verse 9, and then we'll quit here. Vayomer Shaul, then Saul said, Hagishu Eli. Um, the Hagishu is a Hifil from Nagash, Hifil imperative from Nagash. So if a nun was there, it would be Han Gishu. Han Gishu. So it's bring near to me Haola, the burnt offering, Vehashalamim, and the fellowship offerings. Vayaal Haola. And he offered up, notice that this is a hifil from Allah. And he offered up Haola, the burnt offering. Okay, he didn't wait for Samuel 
that's the implication. You know, nothing's been said yet, but you guys know kind of what happens here. All right? So Saul wasn't long into his... You know, it's interesting, if it was indeed two years, uh, he had kind of substantial reign, but if that's not there, then kind of almost immediately Saul got into trouble. <laughs> I mean, any questions through verse 9? All right, it gets interesting here. Let's keep a track on kind of what, you know, some of these stylistic features we're pointing out to see how it plays itself out. In the rest of the Thanks very much.